Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of Left, Right and Zenza. It is the 6th of June 2020 and you are joined by myself, Oliver Harrison and Willie James. I hope everyone is well and I'm sure everybody like us is looking forward to things becoming more normal. Without further ado, let's jump straight in. So first of all, Woody is going to introduce himself. Thanks. Like Oliver said, my name is Woody James and I'm thrilled to be here on the first episode of our podcast discussing an array of subjects from cardio and fitness to our opinions on dieting and eating healthily. So without anything more to say, let's roll the intro music. Much to many of our viewers' annoyance, we are in fact back. And I'm sorry to stop that song there. It was, um, in fact, Friction by Imagine Dragons. Great song, so it's we didn't write that, just, just so it doesn't get taken down off Spotify. But our first topic is cycling. And if any of you know me, I'm sure you know um, that I'm a massive, massive fan of cycling. And I think it's incredible for improving your stamina, your metabolism, your fitness, your overall health in general so a couple of weeks ago i as a an experiment i tried cycling more than 20 miles every single day and even some days i was getting up at about half past four in the morning which which isn't healthy if you're doing that every day so i only did that twice a week and i saw a massive more than massive a huge improvement in my overall fitness and health um just because of that week doing 20 miles a day but i think you can limit that to something that people who aren't in as good a state of um, overall fitness as I am currently um, would find easier to accomplish. Now, my co-host and friend Oliver Harrison is going to take us on to a something in cycling that may not be true, but some people think it is, and I honestly have no idea whether it's proven or not. So um, if Oliver would like to introduce that and explain it to me. So yeah, there's a common myth within the cycling industry that cycling has a negative effect on males' sexual health. The bottom line is cycling does not negatively affect men's sexual health or urinary function. A study is found by the BBC that researchers compared cyclists with runners and swimmers and found their sexual and urinary health was comparable. The findings contrasted with previous studies that suggested cycling could negatively affect men's sexual function. They said the benefits to cycling far outweigh the risks. There were also no statistically significant differences between high-intensity cyclists, those who have cycled for more than two years or more than three times per week, and averaging more than 25 miles per day, and recreational cyclists. What we're encouraging is that if you are thinking about taking up the sport cycling, but are concerned with things you may have heard, please don't worry as it really is a fun and exciting sport to get into. In fact, cycling to work is actually have said to have half the risk of anybody getting cancer. I know one of the hot topics at the minute is nutrition and people who are looking to get into a better physical shape and state. A thing in the fitness industry which is commonly overcomplicated is the calories in versus the calories out theory. So if you haven't heard of this, basically, if you are looking to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. 
which means you need to be consuming less calories than you are burning. So common things like cycling and just being active will mean that you are burning more calories than you would be just sitting at home or doing whatever on your laptop at work. The reason for weight gain is being in a calorie surplus. This is when people are consuming more calories than they are burning in a day. This is the cause of weight gain. Many say that you cannot outwork a bad diet, essentially meaning that having a poor diet will not stop you from piling on the pounds. While choosing the right regime can be tough, often the biggest weight loss challenge is making and sticking to new habits that support your health or weight loss goals without missing out on the foods you love. The incorporation of cheat meals or cheat days into a diet plan has been very popular among fitness enthusiasts for some time. But it's now making its way into the mainstream diet culture by the way of social media. Next we will be discussing cheat days and meals, their effectiveness and whether to incorporate them into your health and fitness journey. Cheating within a diet plan involves giving yourself calculated planned permission to temporarily break strict diet rules. The theory behind this reward-based diet strategy is that by allowing yourself brief periods of indulgence, you'll be more likely to stick to your prescribed diet the majority of the time. When using the cheat strategy, people would typically employ either a cheat meal or cheat day approach. As the names imply, a cheat meal is a single meal that veers from your planned diet pattern, while a cheat day allows for free food choices for an entire day. Cheat diet methods are highly variable. How they're implemented may look very different for different people, depending on an individual's diet preferences and goals. As I just said, the foods you eat as cheat meals will also vary from person to person due to individual tastes, but they often consist of high-calorie foods that wouldn't otherwise be permitted on a typical diet plan. So my opinion on this is in line with the 80-20 rule, so your diet doesn't need to be 100% healthy. Someone called Taylor Coran, a blogger, lost £10 following the 80-20 rule which involves focusing on eating healthy foods 80% of the time and less healthy foods the remaining 20%. So, does cheating really work? Weight management and body composition changes are complex processes. Not everyone will respond the same way to the same strategies. The best diet plan is the one you can stick to. So in my experience, restricting yourself completely from the foods you love can lead to overindulging and ultimately failing in the long run. So moving on to a slightly less serious topic, um, a more uh, humorous, in fact, is our top seven picks for the types of road cyclists that we all know. So kicking off the list is number one, and number one is the Mona. And now nothing is ever quite right on a ride for the Mona. Now, the Mona always saves a different moan for different occasions. So maybe on one ride, they might be moaning about how you're going too fast. And on another, they might be moaning about how you're going too slow. And then maybe about half an hour later, they might decide that they're going to um, moan about how it's too cold, which nobody can deal with apart from um, Mother Nature. Number two on our list is the Strava Hunter. That person who stops at every 50 metres to check his average speed. Along with that, every five minutes, he's looking at the next segment ahead of him and doesn't shut up about the average speed he got last weekend. 
but we all know he was just in the back of his grand's car. Number three on our list is the pool hog. Now we all know this type of rider because they will spend too much time on the front, maybe trying to impress their friends, or maybe even just the people on the side of the road, but the pool hog will never give up and they will always ride to absolute exhaustion. Maybe they just like the sweet feeling of the pain in their legs. And number four on our list is the never on timer. He always seems to be late and he always has the most elaborate excuses. We all know they were up at 2am in the morning playing Call of Duty Warzone on their six-year-old brother's PS4. Number five on our list is my personal favourite, the scavenger. Now this person will most likely have the motto of never being prepared, so they'll always ask you for a mini pump when they get a flat, or just a multi-tool, which they did not bring. Maybe even money or food, but the scavenger will never be prepared. Number six on our list is the sit-on sprinter. He's normally found at the back of the group sat firmly on his saddle. He is always preserving as much energy as possible before that Strava segment we all know too well pops up and he lights up the afterburners to come rampaging past. Then he does a completely disproportionate celebration when he wins. Now finally on our list is the half-wheeler. Now this person is so competitive, they always need to be half a wheel in front of you, whether it's a recovery ride to the calf or a hilly ride in the sunshine. The half-wheeler will always be testing your friendship. A quick mention goes to the know-it-all. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've ridden, they've always done it bigger, further and better. The next topic we're going to move on to is football. Now a topic at school that is always talked about is the score at the weekend. If your team loses, you are to be sure your mates are going to be next to you in every lesson or just poking their head round the corner and having a dig. For example, a year ago my team Man City got knocked out of the historic competition the Champions League. One year on and every time offside is mentioned, those people are always sticking their nose in and giving it all the chat. On a more serious note, due to this coronavirus pandemic, it's very unfortunate for the lower league clubs who aren't getting the gate receipts and attendance to keep them going. Some clubs, like Bolton Wanderers, were already suffering as it is. This must be a very difficult time for these teams that were suffering before and now probably very much worse off after this. We send our very much best wishes to all the clubs that may be suffering in this time. Next, I'm going to take you on to um, some nice recipes that you can cook at home. They're easy, they taste nice and they're good for you. So first of all, I'm going to tell you about my favourite recipe ever to cook and to eat. It's my dad's chicken, tandoori chicken um, thighs. Now the reason he picks thighs is is because they're more juicy and tender than the breasts. Um, so the first thing he does is, of course, marinate the chicken. Um, and as his marinade, he uses curry powder, which he finds off Amazon, but you can buy them from your local supermarket or curry house slash Indian restaurant. But an easier way of creating it is using the uh, tandoori spices you already have in your kitchen cupboards. Next, he juices a whole lemon and he uses lemons rather than yoghurt because he doesn't think yoghurt adds much to the dish. 
whereas lemon counteracts the spicy flavour of the curry powder with a sour and zesty flavour and scent. Yeah, he then lets it sit for a bit, so the meat sucks all the chilli powder and lemon up. So when it is ready, it goes on the barbecue in the skewer. It goes in the skewer because the skewer cooks the inside rather than just putting it on not in the skewer. So it just cooks the outside because you definitely do not want to eat chicken when it's raw in the middle. Also, when you're cooking on the barbecue, you need to make sure that you keep the lid down at all possible times because the smoke coming from the barbecue adds flavour to the outside of the chicken and makes it crispy. Whereas if you lift the top up, you're losing all the flavour, the wood chip flavour from the barbecue. When you feel the time is right, make sure you just have a look inside the chicken at the deepest point to make sure that it is cooked and none of it is raw. Next, you have the choice between dumping it on a plate with some rice or um, putting it in a wrap with some salad and some um, a dressing, uh, which is obviously the more nutritious meal all round. You do want to be careful with what dressings you have because dressings do tend to be very calorie dense, so make sure you do not go overboard on this. It does t tend to have much fat in as well, so we recommend that you do make a homemade dressing. So here is our recipe for a homemade salad dressing. This recipe is called the Greek Yogurt Ranch Dressing. So first of all, you have three quarters of a cup of whole milk plain Greek yogurt. One clove of garlic, finely minced, or alternatively you could have one teaspoon of garlic powder. Next, you have one quarter of a cup fresh minced parsley or one tablespoon of dried parsley. Very important one is a quarter of a medium onion diced, which is also about two tablespoons. Or you could have two teaspoons of onion powder. Then you get two tablespoons of fresh minced chives or one tablespoon of dried chives. You'll need another teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of black pepper. 2 teaspoons of Dijon mustard, juice of one, a half a lemon, about 2 tablespoons. And 1 quarter or half a cup of buttermilk. You're just going to want to mix all of these together and it, you should have a very creamy, nice and filling dressing. So that wraps up the podcast for this week. Um, and now we are going to give you an email address to send in any questions or feedback that you want to give and for us to mention next week. If you want any questions to send in, please send it to oliverhgk1 at gmail.com or alternatively to my Instagram at oliver underscore harrison gk1 or jack underscore woody06. Okay, thank you very much for listening and see you next time.